0: Chapter twenty one of that LASSER Lowry's by Francis Hodgson Burnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Derrick's Question Derrick had had a great deal to think about of late. Affairs about the mines had been troublesome as usual, and he had often been irritated by the stupidity of the men who were in authority over him. He began to feel moreover that an almost impalpable barrier had sprung up between himself and his nearest friend. When he came to face the matter, he was obliged to acknowledge to himself that there were things he had kept from Grace, though it had been without any positive intention of concealment. And perhaps, being the sensitive fellow he had called him, Grace had felt that there was something behind his occasional abstraction and silence, and had shrunk within himself, feeling a trifle hurt at Derrick's want of frankness and confidence. Hardly a day passed in which he did not spend some short time in the society of his Pythias. He rarely passed his lodgings without dropping in, and to-night he turned in on his way from the office and fell upon Grace hard at work over a volume of theology. "'Lay your book aside,' he said to him. "'I want to gossip this evening, old fellow.' grace closed his book and came to his usual seat smiling affectionately there was a suggestion of feminine affectionateness in his bearing towards his friend gossip he remarked the word gossip oh put in derrick it's a woman's word but i'm in a womanish sort of humor i'm going to be i suppose one might say confidential the reverend paul reddened a little but as derrick rather avoided looking at him he did not observe the fact Grace, he said after a silence, I have a sort of confession to make. I am in a difficulty, and I rather blame myself for not having come to you before. Don't blame yourself, said the curate faintly. You you are not to blame. Then Derek glanced up at him quickly. This sounded so significant of some previous knowledge of his trouble that he was taken aback. He could not quite account for it. What? he exclaimed is it possible that you have guessed it already i have thought so sometimes i have thought so though i feel as if i ought almost to ask your pardon for going so far grace had but one thought as he spoke his friend's trouble meant his friend's honour and regard for himself it was for his sake that derrick was hesitating on the brink of a happy love unselfishly fearing for him he knew the young man's impetuous generosity and saw how under the circumstances it might involve him. Loving Annis Barholm with the full strength of a strong nature, Derrick was generous enough still to shrink from his prospect of success with the woman his friend had failed to win. Derek flung himself back in his chair with a sigh. He was thinking, with secret irritation, that he must have felt even more than he had acknowledged to himself, since he had, in all unconsciousness, confessed so much you have saved me the trouble of putting into words a feeling i have not words to explain he said perhaps that is the reason why i have not spoken openly before grace abruptly i have fancied there was a cloud between us between us said grace eagerly and warmly no no that was a poor fancy indeed i could not bear that nor i impetuously but i cannot be explicit even now grace even my thoughts are not explicit." I have been bewildered and yes amazed amazed at finding that i had gone so far without knowing it surely there never was a passion if it really is a passion that had so little to feed upon so little echoed grace derrick got up and began to walk across the floor i have nothing nothing and i am beset on every side there is something extraordinary in the blindness of a man with an absorbing passion Absorbed by his passion for one woman, Grace was blind to the greatest of inconsistencies in his friend's speech and manner. Absorbed in his passion for another woman, Derrick forgot for the hour everything concerning his friend's love for Annis Barholm. Suddenly he paused in his career across the room. Grace, he said, I cannot trust myself, but I can trust you. I cannot be unselfish in this. You can. Tell me, what am I to do? Answer me this question though god knows it would be a hard one for any man to answer perhaps i ought not to ask it perhaps i ought to have decision enough to answer it myself without troubling you but how can i and you who are so true to yourself and to me in other things will be true in this i know the feeling is stronger than all else so strong that i have feared and failed to comprehend it i had not even thought of it until it came upon me with fearful force and i am conscious that it has not reached its height yet it is not an ignoble passion i know how could a passion for such a creature be ignoble and yet again there have been times when i have felt that perhaps it was best to struggle against it i am beset on every side as i have said and i appeal to you ought love to be stronger than all else i used to tell myself so before it came upon me and now i can only wonder at myself and tremble to find that i have grown weak god knows it was a hard question he had asked of the man who loved him but this man did not hesitate to answer it as freely as if he had had no thought that he was signing the death warrant of all hopes for himself grace went to him and laid a hand upon his broad shoulder come sit down and i will tell you he said with a pallid face Derrick obeyed his gentle touch with a faint smile. I am too fiery and tempestuous, and you want to cool me, he said. You are as gentle as a woman, Grace. The curate standing up before him, a slight, not at all heroic figure, in his well-worn, almost threadbare garments, smiled in return. I want to answer your question, he said, and my answer is this. When a man loves a woman wholly, truly, purely, and to her highest honour, such a love is the highest and noblest thing in this world, and nothing should lead to its sacrifice. No ambition, no hope, no friendship. End of chapter 21